Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't showing no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish it good. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. It's Dane. I'm here with Wags and Wags. We're heading into week three. We're one and one. And now we go and we are facing the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. Three for three national audience. How do the Packers show up in week three? Let's get down to it, man. I think it's going to be an interesting uh, matchup against the Niners. Yeah, it's been Jekyll and Hyde for us, as everyone knows so far this season. Uh, It will be interesting to see if we carry over some momentum from last week or if this is a reversion back to what we saw a little bit in week one and hopefully it's not that bad uh, even if the Packers aren't able to come out with a victory but uh, all I'm hoping for Dane honestly is that we have a really good game this week I think it's asking a lot to expect that the Packers are going to go in and pick up a victory the 49ers look back like they're back to more the team we saw two years ago Uh, And as we know, uh, if we're at our best, uh, I really firmly believe that Packers are a team that can compete and go into San Francisco and win against that team and and against anybody uh, for that matter. But I don't know if we've seen them at our best yet. Um, So it will be interesting to see how this all breaks out. Yeah, I think there's a lot um, to to look at here. And, um, you know, San Fran's defense it's got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of talented players. Uh, and frankly, this is just a talented team across the board. I know last year the Packers went into San Francisco and, um, you know, took care of business, but they were kind of playing like a JV version of San Francisco 49ers with all the injuries across the board this year. It's a much different story. They're a two and O team, um, that are kind of on a bit of a roll so far, and they've got a lot of weapons. And I, I think maybe, Wags, we can transition to the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers because I think that they've got a lot of strength there. And um, I think a lot of times it starts with Nick Bosa. Uh, Nick Bosa off the edge is somebody who can get after the quarterback. I know that Aaron Rodgers in the past has mentioned Fred Wagner, uh, excuse me, Fred Warner, middle linebacker as well, as somebody who is just disruptive, a little underrated, I think, but in league circles, people uh, are very, very aware of. So, um, you know, broad picture. 49er defense, where do you think they can hurt the Packers, and where do you think the Packers can take advantage of this defense? Well, you just said it right off the bat. It's it's up front with that defensive line and, and, and their linebackers as well. So it's the first and second level that really, really concerns me. Uh, in addition to Nick Bosa, you've got to be concerned about uh, Eric Armstead, uh, D. Ford. Uh, these are guys that can really get after it. And we've seen the Packers struggle uh, with this group when they've been fully healthy uh, a couple of years ago. We really didn't have any any way of keeping them from from getting after Aaron Rodgers and getting a ton of penetration into the backfield. Uh, those linebackers can fly around. All of them can basically run sideline to sideline. They can cover. They attack gaps. Uh, really can be very disruptive in the run game. Uh, so this is a week that the Packers are going to need to be able to run the ball, and it's a tough task. Um, dare I say, Dane, that they're going to be have to be extremely patient. Uh, we'll talk about the Packers on the defensive side of the ball, but they can't lose the game plan. 
this week. Mm-hmm. I, this is a week where if we run the ball and there's a couple of possessions that we're punting, we're going to have to be okay with that. Uh, this is a very, very good 49ers team, and uh, that goes both ways. So um, I know we're focusing on the defense right now. Fred Warner is a heck of a linebacker. Uh, he can be extremely disruptive uh, on the second level. Uh, so uh, we can't get away from the run. I don't care if we fall down by a touchdown or even two touchdowns. If we just throw out the game plan and start trying to chuck the ball, uh, this is going to get ugly. Uh, we've seen this script before, and, and I hate to be pessimistic, but that's me saying, you no. Know, as long as we don't panic, and continue to uh, do what we can to run the ball and, and stay balanced. Uh, that's that's really the only way we can attack this 49ers defense. Once we're on our heels, we're in trouble. And, oh, by the way, Dean, we don't know what's the status of Elton Jenkins. He hasn't practiced so far this week. Uh, we're recording this as a Friday morning. So if he's unable to go, that's going to really put an, an already – mismatch probably with with our young guys in the uh in the interior offensive line really really had a, a significant uh mismatch if elton jenkins isn't able to be out there so um if that's the case dane let's just prognosticate what are some things that you think the packers offense can counter uh that 49ers front seven yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I know that Eric, you're mentioning the injury report a bit. Eric Armstead uh, didn't practice the last couple of days, but he's expected to play uh, based on everything that I've seen from, um, you know, out of 49ers camp here. Um, I got to tell you that it'll be, cu- I'll be curious to see how the Packers, if uh, Elton Jenkins is unable to go, how do the Packers counter that? Um, who who starts up front, who plays left tackle. Already then we're kind of technically on our third left tackle, right? Because normally it'd be David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins now it's transitioned over there. Um, would it be Billy Turner moving from the right tackle? Um, that's There's definitely a possibility that that happens. And then we would maybe see Dennis Kelly slot in at, at right tackle. Another option could be Yash Nijman could just place him right in at left tackle. And that's a question that I'm not sure is answered yet with how the Packers are going to combat that. But I think it all starts up front with the run. We're going to need to see Royce Newman play a little bit better football. I've been really encouraged by what Josh Myers has been able to do at center. Uh, and and also, I know you and I are both really high on John Runyon. He played really good football last week, but they're going to need to be able to take control of the point of attack and really get the run game going. We said it last week, it, it was really pretty prototypical in the third and fourth quarter, how this offense, when it's at it's best how they win football games, and it goes through Aaron Jones. I know we've got the MVP quarterback, but Aaron Jones really is the guy, I think, that is the engine that gets this team going. Uh, don't really want to see Aaron Rodgers back there throwing the ball 45 times against the San Francisco defense. We saw what that recipe is kind of an NFC championship recipe, which means that they're going to just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So I think it really is going to have to be establishing the run game. And as you said, be patient with it. Um, The last thing we need is to get this thing out of hand early. I think this is an incredibly difficult matchup for the Packers. Just broadly speaking, it's a difficult matchup. But this week, in particular, if Elton Jenkins is unable to go, it's a cause for concern. So I think being patient is really going to be the key. Don't let the game get out of hand. Take what they give you and um and then strike when the iron's hot 
Yeah, and you kind of have – I'm thinking even though this is a defensive thing, we know the 49ers are going to try to run the ball. Uh, they're going to try to uh, tire out this Packers defense. They're going to try to win that time of possession. We've seen them do that to us, and that's, that's reliving some nightmares, I realize, for us Packer fans. But that's why it's even more important for the Packers offensively to, as you said, be patient, possess the ball, run the ball. Uh, we've got to, uh, on our offensive side, prevent the 49ers from being able to do what they want to do as much offensively. Um, and we can do that by playing a little bit of takeaway or prevent defense with our offense. Now, certainly we have to execute and move the ball downfield move the chains, get first downs. So it's not always as easy as, well, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. If you're not picking up positive yards, you're going to have to throw eventually in order to pick up first downs. Uh, do you think this is a game that we might see a little bit more of A.J. Dillon early just because of the physical nature that he can bring to try to offset some of the speed uh, that the 49ers have in that front seven. Uh, obviously, we're not going to get away from Aaron Jones, but I believe that uh, A.J. Dillon can bring a different dimension, and maybe that smash-mouth attitude is something that can put the 49ers back on their heels a little bit more early in the game. Is that something that could be a possibility as well? I think so. I mean, looking at it, there's not a lot of weak points in this defense that I can tell, but I think that um, being big up front, and I, and I think something that you noticed last week was the, the Packers mixing in both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon at the same time is something that we might see as well, just giving as many different looks as possible. Wags, I wouldn't be surprised if we see three tight ends out there this week at the same time, even if it's... Um, uh, maybe Dominic Daphne more of that fullback role, but also obviously Big Bob Tunyon and and uh, Mercedes Lewis out there. Um, unclear if Deguara is going to be able to go. It looks like he's a limited participant with the, the concussion issue here. So not sure uh, where he's at in progression there, but uh, wouldn't be surprised to see kind of those, the, the, the big, the big packages early, that 12 package with those two tight ends and maybe sometimes three tight ends in there. AJ Dillon, just trying to set a tone, right? Out physicaling a physical defense sometimes can work magic. And all you need is to get a little bit of room there and then get the play action going. And that's where Aaron's going to be at his best. So I think that you're right. I think that Dylan gets some some run early. Uh, Aaron Jones definitely doesn't go away. I think the Packers, um, although the Niners are good side to side, it's still a tall order to ask linebackers to stay with Aaron Jones out of the backfield. So it wouldn't be surprised for the Packers to try to mix him in early as a hot hand. And then as the game progresses, don't be surprised then if the Packers are able to get the run game going. If that's when Aaron starts to take a couple shots down the field, um, looking, um, I wouldn't even say in the intermediary, I would say more um, long balls, uh, get it to Devontae, get it down the field, look on the outside, look at receivers there. But I think it's all going to be predicated on that run early. And it may very well be Aaron, uh, a, not an Aaron Jones week, but more of an A.J. Dillon week. Sure. Um, we're talking about the pass game. Let's kind of move into that a little bit. Where do you see the Packers being able to attack? Is it going to, is it going to be incumbent on uh, the coaching staff and then on Aaron and his receivers to be able to run routes and be on the same page that enable him to get rid of the ball quickly, at least early on? I know you're talking about 
possibly being able to counter some of uh, their, uh, you know, their attack by going over the top. I, I do think that's important, but you've got to have the right timing and the right place to do yes. that as well. Uh, if uh, we're not, if they're not respecting the run, that's going to be, a, you know, an almost impossible thing to do. Yes. Uh, so is this short passing game something we see the tight end get involved? Uh, is this a, a lot more Aaron Jones like we saw in the past game last week? Uh, or is this a week where, you know, we go back to the old Mike McCarthy scheme of if if you can have a pass rush, we're going to split out five wide and make you cover yeah. the whole field. Um, and I say that tongue in cheek, but at the same time, we saw at times that could be effective, at times it could backfire. It really depended on some opponents and some situations. Um, so how do you see this Packers team trying to attack in the pass game? Wags, you know, and I'm curious your take on that question as well. It's a good question, but um, don't be surprised. See, Alan Lazard get mixed in a little bit more this week. He's just a big body uh, against a physical defense is always helpful. Randall Cobb, uh, obviously Devontae, uh, but I think that the Packers, um, more three-step drops, especially with a questionable offensive line based on the depending on the Elton Jenkins injury, they're not going to have the luxury of letting Aaron Rodgers sit back there and um, you know take his shots early on. So I think it's going to have to be matchup, be, uh, matchup based to to be um, to 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 be honest with you. Looking at what the San Francisco 49ers are going to give them, uh, my hope here is that Rodgers stays patient as well. We've seen he's had a, a propensity at times to maybe on third and four, take that deep ball shot. Maybe this is not the game to do that. Um, just try to uh, keep possession, uh, keep the San Francisco 49ers offense off the field and um, let some of these weapons on the offensive side of the ball work. So um, long answer to a short question for you is um, I expect them to work in a lot of different receivers this week. I'm not sure how many five receiver drops we're going to have, but I wouldn't be surprised to see four receiver drops, right? With um, And I would expect to see Lazard, MVS, uh, Devontae, and Cobb all getting quite a bit of run this week, just kind of getting different looks, see who's going to have the hot hand against this defense and see where we can exploit them. Um, because I, I still believe that um, those kinds of matchups, we should be able to beat most defenses with those kind of guys out out there on the field. Um, Devontae's obviously the lead dog, but um, if they try to take him away, don't tell me Randall Cobb still can't get open. Uh, we saw him last week starting to get warmed up a little bit here. And, uh, you know, I can say that about anybody on this on this offense here. So uh, I would hope that we're able to spread them out when necessary and kind of take what they give them. Now, I don't expect a lot of 30, 40 yard plays, but I'm hopeful that we're able to move the chains with the wide receivers that we have. I mean, when we look at this, San Francisco secondary, you know, and I realize they're not a divisional opponent. So you look at the, the guys that they have back there, not necessarily household names or, or guys you, your average fan would be familiar with, but they've, they've all got some experience. They've been in this league for a while. Um, basically every single guy that's a, a starting DB on their team, uh, you, you go through, you know, Jimmy Ward, um, you know, Jason Verrett. These are guys that have been in the league seven, eight years. Um, so we've seen them before and they've, they've been around a while. So we're, we're not looking at an inexperienced young group or, or there's any obvious weaknesses that uh, we're going to be able to exploit. Uh, these guys are, are going to be sound and, and they're part of a very, very good 49er defense. Um, so I, I, 
I kind of, to answer my question, you asked what I thought. I, I early on, I, I think they're going to try to uh, get short yard passes. I think we can uh, get Devante and some one-on-ones. We might see some, some, some of those plays where we can throw it to him. He takes a step back and you've got Lazard in front, uh, an MVS in front trying to block. Devante just has to beat his guy and, and, you know, maybe we can pick up three yards or maybe we can pick up nine yards. But, um, it, you know, depending on what Devante is able to do with that play, that's a way to at least get some rhythm and get some, some guys out on the edge uh, with the football and some space. Tight ends, I, it will be interesting to see. I don't think we can expect Deguara, even if he does play, to be a big part of the game plan this week. I, 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 so I don't, I don't know how much we'll see of him either way. That said, it would be nice because now you can, as you said, have some two or three tight end sets out there with play action going both ways. So that gives Aaron some options depending on how the defense lines up against him. Um, you might have Daphne and Deguara on opposite sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, send one of them in motion, et cetera, that can create an overload situation where you can uh, exploit some mismatches. And again, those could be some shorter passes, uh, depending on how the 49ers cover, but uh, gives Aaron some bigger targets uh, where he's able to kind of just float out and, and make a read uh, and hit one of his uh, big tight ends out of the move. That's been a big part of this Packers offense uh, under Coach LaFleur, uh, as we know, and that can offset a lot of the pressure coming off of the edge because it's often those guys that are responsible for initially uh, providing that, that coverage before they hand it off to the linebackers behind. So, so I think those are a couple of things that um, the Packers are going to want to do. It's not sexy. It's not your your forty yard uh, deep passes to MVS, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it is something that can at least keep the football moving, keep those chains moving, uh, perhaps get downfield win some time of possession, get some points. It's all about keeping this game manageable, especially in the first half. And then, you know, if you're, if this is close in the second half, now we can take some shots. Uh, the defense for the 49ers doesn't necessarily know what to expect. Um, if that's the case, if it's a back and forth game or it's a close game or even a lower scoring game, um, then, then I think that tilts more in the Packers favor. Um, so that's, that's just a couple of things. I, Dane, I don't know if you have any thoughts specifically on what Aaron Rodgers needs to do to try to exploit this defense. I mean, We've seen, you know, Aaron have a hard time mm-hmm. with with this 49ers defense in the past, um, mostly because he had absolutely no time to do anything. Uh, so it's not really can't really blame him uh, for what what's happened in a couple of those blowouts in 2019. But um, I don't know if there's anything specific that he needs to do. I, I mean, for me, it's he needs to be willing to get rid of the football quickly um, and understand that you can't hold the ball um, and put that much extra pressure on this, this young offensive line. Yeah, I would agree. Can't hold on to the ball um, for, for too long and utilize whatever the Niners are going to give them. I mean, we saw in week one, uh, I go back to that game because um, you saw 49ers defense granted it was in garbage time, but they started, they opened the door, right? The, Detroit Lions came storming back very quickly. Um, we saw that Swift and Jamal Williams both had big days, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about 
that earlier, right, with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think being able to exploit that. I know Hawkinson had a big day as well in week one against the Niners, um, giving up more than I expected them to be able to give up to a tight end. So I think that for Rodgers, um, it's going to be, you know, know who's in front of you. Know the guys that are in front of you. And that means the the big five in the offensive line. And unfortunately, he might be going into this matchup without David, well, certainly without David Bakhtiari, but without Elton Jenkins, some line shuffling. So knowing that ahead of time, he may not be able to expect the same kind of um, um, pass protection that he would normally have. So um, knowing that means, all right, take what the defense is going to give you. Three yards sometimes is okay. Five yards sometimes is okay. In fact, it's pretty darn good sometimes. And uh, just try to keep drives alive. And I know that he likes to get those, um, um, you know, big chunk plays. And I get it. We all like to see them. But maybe this week it's time of possession. It's uh, continuing to march down the field and um, just give what they give you. And then maybe it's an Aaron Jones show once we get inside the 20s. I think that there's a lot of opportunity here. It's a good defense, but it's not... 1985 Bears defense by any stretch of the imagination, especially this early on. So give what they give them. I expect a couple screen passes potentially this week as well to try to take advantage of the 49ers um, aggressive pass rush. But for Rodgers, it's just to stay calm, cool, not try to take it all at once. I know on these national TV games, he wants to prove the haters wrong, even if he says he doesn't. Um, But um, this week, stay within the offense um, and, and stay calm and don't get too flustered or don't get too um, brought down if you're, if you, you know, drop down by, um, you know, you're down by a a touchdown or so. It's going to be a loud atmosphere. There's no doubt about it. It's not easy to play there in San Francisco, but uh, for him, it's just to stay within himself. And I think the Packers are going to be okay if he does that. Um, The, you know, the challenge gets, if we get down by a couple scores and we start slinging the ball around, then, you know, we've seen that story before and it's not a good story. All right, great. Do you have any other thoughts on the offense before we move over to the defensive side of the ball? Let's move over to the defense and and the 49er offense as well. Before we do that, let's take a break to hear from our sponsors. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off an action-packed week, is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any Week 3 game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customer, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, we are back. So, Dane, let's dive into this defense then for the Packers against 49er offense. This is going to be the real litmus test because uh, 49ers last year, you said earlier, was basically their JV squad. 
doesn't mean anything as far as I'm concerned. I'm not even looking at that uh, for any takeaways. Let's go back to 2019 because that was when uh, the 49ers had all their weapons, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, uh, et cetera. You go on down the line. I know we've got some different running backs, but I don't even think it matters because uh, if this Packer defense is allowing holes that a Mack truck can run through, you or I could have run for 200 yards uh, against that Packer defense. So what are what do you expect to see here? Like, is this we had some frustrations last week against Detroit. We can't afford to start out slow on the defensive side of the ball like we did last week. So I guess my first question, do you have any thoughts, because I do, on the fact that reportedly LaFleur told defensive coordinator Joe Barry at, at halftime against Detroit, you either got to pressure or, co- or play coverage because right now we're not doing either. Um, so do you see that as a good thing or a bad thing, uh, in the grand scheme of things? Because, um, I, I, I'll, I'll let you answer that question first because I, I have my own thoughts on, on that. I think it was sort of portrayed as, oh, that's not a good sign, but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are about that. And, and then we can dive into maybe some of the specific matchups on this defense. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. I don't love to hear that, to be honest with you. I think that that was kind of a complaint of LaFleur with uh, Coach Patton at times. Mike Patton, when he was the defensive coordinator, was um, there was an impression that I got that, you know, after – um, after the 49ers game, um, Lafleur said we've got to we've got to you know play tighter. We've got to play with more pressure. So it's not great that after two weeks we're already getting these rumblings coming out of Green Bay that Matt Lafleur, uh, offensive mind, is telling the defensive coordinator how to do his job. I just I, I don't love it. Now, um, how true is that? I don't know. Um, it might not be that direct, but there might be something uh, to be said about that as well. So um, I, I, I guess there's two sides of the coin. I like that Matt LaFleur is pretty hands-on with his team across the board. There's no doubt that this is his team and that um, you know what he says goes. I like that about him. He's kind of a no-nonsense guy in that way. It's a, a team-led effort. There's no doubt about that. But I'll tell you what, through two weeks, I'm not totally excited about what I've seen from this defense. And if, if in fact, Coach LaFleur is telling uh, Coach Barry how to do his job two weeks in, it's a little bit of a cause for concern because, um, you know, I think we all saw it. And if it takes that for Barry to make adjustments and he didn't see it with his own eyes, that makes me a little bit nervous. I agree. On, on the other hand, I, it is Coach LaFleur being the head coach. So uh, perhaps he didn't have that type of relationship with Coach Patton. And obviously he was a holdover uh, from uh, Coach McCarthy's staff. So uh, it, it could be a situation where they had an agreement, hey, Patton, I'll take care of the defense. You worry about everything else. And now this is, hey, I'll let you get your, my coordinators coordinate, but I'm the head coach and what I say does go. So it's nipping in the bud right away. So that's the the lone positive thing I'll take out of it is that uh, this is enabling Coach LaFleur maybe to have his hands on the whole team a little bit more and truly be the head coach and set the direction uh, for both sides of the ball. Uh, I would say that the jury's out in the long run as to whether that has a positive impact or not. But uh, at least he's not sit- sitting back and, and, and not taking action. So uh, from that respect, I think uh, – you know, we'll, we'll see wh- wh- where this goes. Uh, Dane, 
Let's talk about this a little bit. I think in the uh, review of the Lions game, we talked about the Packers' inability to get pressure on Jared Goff. So this week we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if pressuring the quarterback should be our main concern, though. Um, how do we slow down this 49ers running game to the point where we can actually make Jimmy Garoppolo throw? Because last time we faced him, uh, I don't even know if he had to throw more than 10 times the whole game. So um, it starts with, with trying to at least slow down this 49er run uh, attack. And, and so what do you think we can do to try to uh, improve in that area because the first couple of weeks it hasn't looked like uh, this is a defense that's capable of doing that it's it's gonna be fascinating this running back situation for san francisco right now is um remarkable to say the least they've had a lot of dudes in at running back i know that early on in the season mostert was there he was the guy i think he lasted all of about two plays before he went down with an uh, injury that is going to be season long um so then uh, to a lot of people's surprise trey sermon who was a third round pick for san francisco um he was in a healthy scratch week one and it opened the door for uh, Elijah or Eli Mitchell uh, to take over six has performed pretty well it sounds like now he's linked an injury of his own uh, as is Jamichael Hasty. there's a there's a lot of different backs in the backfield but I think that to your point wags not sure if it really matters who the running back is historically in a Shanahan led offense there is a lot of success in the run game and the 49ers have proven that, that that's that continues the case. So really what I'm looking at is this offensive line matchup versus this defensive line matchup. And, and up front, they've got big Trent Williams. They've got Alex Mack at center, who's very talented. Daniel Brunskill at the guard position. So really, it's going to be the, the middle of our defense is going to have to be um, solid and strong against the point of attack. And my hope this week is this is the week we talked, we touched a little bit about it in our review against the Lions. My hope this week is that we are going to see um, a, a sixth activation. I'd like to see Jack Heflin out there this week. Uh, I'd like to see TJ Slayton get more run. I think he had six reps last week. I'd like to see that bump up closer to 15 uh, to try to stop the run. 15 to 20 snaps would be phenomenal. Uh, it's clear, I think, that um, they're playing a lot of snaps right now, they being the Packers, uh, with, with Kenny Clark, who he should be out there a ton. Dean Lowry's getting a ton of snaps as well. We're seeing Kingsley Kiki, who seems to be uh, mismatched at times, trying to stop the run. Um, and uh, I believe, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned Dean Lowry getting a lot of run as well. I'd like to see the Packers bring in some of the bigger guys that um, maybe don't have as much of a pass rush upside, but won't wear down uh, and can kind of keep some of the other guys fresh. So um, more TJ Slayton, maybe some more Heflin, um, even some Tyler Lancaster in there. He's gotten some reps. I know he's battling with an elbow injury, um, but uh, more of the big bodies up front and then dare Jimmy Garoppolo to beat us through the air. That's what I would like to see this week, but it starts up front, um, maybe limiting some of the snaps of some of our, um, our our more veteran players, giving some of these young guys an opportunity to get in there and, and try to stop the run. If for no other reason than to, to keep Dean Lowry, uh, keep Kenny Clark, keep Kingsley in particular fresh for the second half, because I think that Kingsley Kiki, and I name him a number of times because um, I think at his best, 
He's going to be a guy who's a uh, rotational defensive lineman who can get after the quarterback. That's what I want to see him do. But uh, if we're putting him in there for three downs, I just think he's going to wear down at this stage of his career. And I think that his talent level is going to be one where he can get after the quarterback more. And we've got enough big bodies. We carried six defensive lineman wigs. Six, not five, not four, six this year. And and I would like to see us um, start to rotate some of these younger guys in. And I'm not saying that Jack Heflin, undrafted from Iowa, is going to be some world beater in week three. But what I am saying is maybe he can get in there, make an impact early. He made the 53-man roster for a reason. Uh, I'd like to just see him get a little bit of run um, in in week three, uh, along with Slayton, along with some of these others, just to try to beef up this defensive line. And then we can go from there. And if it's not working, it's not working. We can still go back to our vets. But I'd like to see them just work in a little bit more to try to stay fresh. Because um, what I don't want to see is this 49ers uh, offense to just win the point of attack, wear down the defense, and then we're looking at ourselves, each other in the third quarter going, what the heck's going on here? Give our young guys a chance. And then, um, you know, I think that overall long big picture in this game, we're going to have more success with some of these young guys contributing just a little bit more. Yeah. And I think in addition to uh, getting some more of those guys up front, uh, we might see a little bit more Chris Barnes this week. He didn't get uh, nearly as many snaps as Devondre Campbell did last week. I think it's important to have him out there on the field, uh, particularly to help with this run defense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they're able to accomplish that. Uh, in addition, uh, it's not just about the run game. I think looking at the 49er pass offense, the main guy that you circle, um, even though he hasn't gotten off to the fastest start this season, is going to be George Kittle. Uh, he's one of the best tight ends in the game, and the Packers have struggled to cover the tight ends this year, you know, in a significant way. I mean, they've been really struggling against tight ends this year. So this is going to be another huge challenge for this Packer defense. And I'm going to be curious to see how they're going to balance being able to slow down this 49er rush offense uh, when they've got to be concerned about George Kittle. And oh, by the way, we've got couple of talented wide receivers on the outside in, in Debo Samuel. And I know Ayuk I- has... I don't know what's going on with him, but he's talented. Yeah. So he can, he, he can, I don't think you want to sleep on him. So, uh, Dane, when you look at this 49er, uh, pass offense, what, what can we do? Particularly, let's just, just focus on Kittle. What can we do to turn around, uh, what's been, uh, kind of a, 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 a big Achilles heel uh, so far in this young season for the Packers defense? You know, it's a good question. I, I saw this week um, that the Packers are hyping up Kevin King in the slot, Wags. It's something that I know that you and I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, it, so we saw Kevin Barry. King is, is covering George Kittle. Do you think that's well, what their actual game plan is? I don't know, but I, I, I my jaw kind of hit the floor when I saw that they're interested in playing Kevin King in the slot a little bit more. Um, you know, is it to help stop the run? They say that he's big and long and they think he's a good tackler and they think that he can uh, have an impact at the slot position. That's, that's their words. You know, that's the defensive coaching staff for the Packers. That's not my words, but, um, they're, they're putting him in the slot there. And I think there's a good chance. They, they said that they think that Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander and Kevin King are their best three cornerbacks and they want to get the best three cornerbacks out on the field. That's that. That was what Coach Barry said on Thursday uh, during the press conference. So, um, is there an opportunity for Kevin King to be playing George Kittle? It sounds like there's going to be. 
Um, but I, I would hope that the Packers also bring up a safety to try to contribute and um, dare the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo to beat us through the air. Um, so if that means that we have to have eight guys in the box, I think all, so be it. And I think that we, we, we go that route. I'd like to see Adrian Amos or Darnell Savage get up there as well and try to just harass Kittle, hit him off the line, uh, stick with him and do everything he can to just try to, um, um, you know, push him around off his route in a very legal way. And, and um, you know, Kittle is a handful. And I think the Packers are going to have to give a bunch of different looks. My, my concern is if we're asking Chris Barnes, who you know I love, uh, if we're asking Chris Barnes to run with Kittle, that's going to be a headache all day long. And if we're asking Kevin King to to match up with George Kittle for an extended period of time, I have a lot of concern there. I would like to see uh, Adrian Amos or, or Savage up uh, a little bit more in the box this week and, and just try to take away the run. And you mentioned Samuel, uh, Debu Samuel, you, you mentioned, um, Ayuk as well. We're just going to have to live with the fact that sometimes we're going to be one on one with those guys on the outside uh, to try to take away what I think is the, the, the strong point of this 49ers offense, which is the run and the tight end position. I don't have a great answer for you, but I think the Packers are going to have to give a bunch of different looks and uh, we're going to have to have a fair number of different guys on Kittle throughout the game just to try to make his day as challenging as possible. Well, uh, on the bright side, if Kevin King needs to play 10 yards off of George Kittle to prevent him from running by him, I think we we finally could have the nail in the coffin, Dane. So <laughs> yeah. um, not that I'm rooting for that, but my goodness, I, if I'm the 49ers, uh, not to question the Packers coaching staff before we even see what they're actually thinking and what they're going to try to do, but... Wouldn't you just have a run behind George Kittle? I mean, he can knock mm-hmm. Kevin King 20 yards into the into the backfield right. if that's the case. So I, I don't really have a lot of confidence in that. I'm surprised uh, that they said that Kevin King's good against the run. Uh, a lot of what I see about uh, with Kevin King is is he he stays in his spot on the field and waits for whoever has the ball to to get to him. So he's the classic. He'll make a tackle about five yards further downfield than he needed right. to because he's not attacking uh, the football. But, all right, so he's sound, I guess. Uh, so that's worth something. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I, it seems to me we're, that this is a situation where they're trying to keep Kevin King, a, a guy that they invested in this season, uh, from basically losing all confidence in his ability to be out there. Uh, he's probably already, let's be real, uh, dealing with some confidence issues. It, it seems like he's been officially unseated as a, a starting outside cornerback. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about we'd like to see if Kevin King can still contribute to this defense in a smaller role. I, I'm just not sure that asking him to go against one of the top tight ends in the league is is the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see how they really, really uh, plan to attack that uh, and slow that down. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, what can we do? Yeah. Is there anything we can do to be disruptive with him? Or is it going to be tough sliding considering we do have to be so concerned with the, the 49ers run game, that short passing game. Um, what can we possibly do to, to try to, to get Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to feel disrupted here this week? Yeah, I think that it's a good question, Wags. I, I think that the Packers need number one, and this goes for the pass and the run is the Packers need to keep contain um, this week. It's something that we've seen breakdowns in, I think in the first two weeks of the season, 
I, I really like Rashawn Gary. Uh, he's aggressive, but sometimes he squeezes down too early and it allows for um, quarterback to kind of back out uh, of pocket pressure and then get get a, a lane to either run or throw in. Now, I, I don't anticipate Jimmy Garoppolo killing us with his legs, but... Um, you know, passing lanes or passing lanes. We saw it with Jared Goff last week that, you know, I don't care who you are. You're an NFL quarterback. They can more often than not make the throws. Um, so I think it, it, it does come down. It's predicated on, on pressure, but also at the same time, if we're able to take away the run and, and put the ball in Jimmy's hands, more often than not, I do feel good about the Packers' chances, and I do think that we'll be able to get enough pressure on him to to, to make it work. Um, the problem will certainly be, though, if they're able to get four or five yards of carry against this Packers' defense, then Garoppolo's going to look all-world. He's just going to look good, right? And they'll, they'll put the ball in his hands enough. They'll probably follow a similar game script to what they did in the NFC Championship game, which is not have him throw too far down the field, kind of just, um, you know, I uh, have kind of a ho-hum day through the air, but really just uh, lean on the run. So my hope here is it's all going to start with this run game this week. And if we're able to stop the run or just keep it manageable, I think that we're going to have some success against Garoppolo. He's, he's an okay quarterback um, that can be made to look either very good or very bad based on uh, what the defense is giving. I'd like to think that the Packers can uh, manufacture some pressure uh, between Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, the safeties, maybe a corner blitz, linebackers. Um, Garoppolo in particular, uh, much kind of like Tom Brady uh, back in the day, just and I guess still today, does not like pressure up the middle. So uh, you mentioned Chris Barnes getting more run this week. There's definitely a chance that, um, you know, trying to flush him out of the pocket and have him rolling to his left would be phenomenal advantage for the Packers. Now, easier said than done against this 49ers offensive line. Um, but uh, I don't need the Packers to get six sacks for them to be successful against Garoppolo, but they do need to do better than they did against the Lions in the first half. Otherwise, we're going to see a repeat performance of what we saw from Goff uh, in the first half of that Lions matchup. Yeah, and Kenny Clark led the defense with most pressures last week. So if he can continue and have a big week this week, that will be... I think a, a significant factor, for, uh, obviously, for this defense. So, yeah. and if Kinsley Kiki can bounce back uh, to to give you that pressure up the middle, I think it starts there because that can disrupt both the run game and the pass game for the 49ers. So, um, this would be a good week for Kinsley Kiki to have not only a bounce back but uh, a really really big game for him. Wakes. Do you think that they limit his snaps a little bit more this week? I, I'm curious. I had mentioned it earlier. I'm yeah. curious your take and, and, and allow some other guys. And I'm not saying Kiki doesn't get run. He should get run. I'm just wondering if they limit it to keep him fresh for more of these pass downs. At this point, I wouldn't mind him just being a, a pass down player. until he gets a little bit better play out there. So I agree with your game plan. Let's get some of those bigger bodies out there that are just a little bit harder to move. Kinsley Kiki needs to be out there on pass downs, and I think that's the that's the most effective way to use him at this point. I I haven't lost faith in his ability to be an every down uh, defensive lineman, uh, but he hasn't shown it so far this season. Uh, so clearly, we need to to change a few things up, and and this would be a good week to keep him fresh and see if he can be disruptive in fewer plays. I, I think that would be definitely what I would be trying to do as well. So I fully agree with with your game plan there, uh, Dane. Uh, any other thoughts on the 49er offense versus this Packer defense? I, I think the only other thing I was going to mention is uh, 
we said at the top, this is a litmus test for Coach Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't been super impressed with what we've seen from him so far, but uh, he's coming from the NFC West. Uh, certainly, 49ers are a team that he should be extremely familiar with, having spent time the last couple of seasons on the Rams coaching staff. Uh, so different team, different personnel, I get it, but um there's really no excuses, I don't think, this week. He's got to uh, definitely have a good game plan, and this defense needs to be ready to go uh, because if not, that kind of leans towards what we talked about at the top of, of is Coach LaFleur has a problem or is this something that's correctable? Uh, so, uh, yes, it's one game, it's one week, but uh, I do think that it will be interesting to see uh, if this is a team in the 49ers at the Packers defense seems to have a little bit better of a plan again than they have in the past. Wags, I think you're absolutely right. And and this is, um, I know it's early in the season, but this is kind of a signature game for, for a new defensive coordinator. If they're able to stop the 49ers, especially with the fits that this team has given us over the years, and I'm talking a decade plus um, outside of last year, which again, I don't really count. Um, this would be a huge, Huge welcome to Green Bay moment for Coach Barry, especially after all of the noise we're hearing after just two weeks. Can it be done? I don't know. But I, I haven't seen the creativity I was hoping for through two weeks from Barry. It seems like they're continuing to play safer defense than I would like. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I always mind getting beat, <laughs> but I really I mind less getting beat if you're being aggressive. And um, right now, I feel like we're getting beat by a thousand paper cuts at times. And I would much rather get gutted by somebody trying to get after a quarterback or trying to just, you know, put some pressure on somebody or or be in the face of the wide receiver uh, than the alternative, which I feel like is what we've seen through six of the eight quarters for the Packers. So uh, if we can build on the success of the second half uh, of week two, and we can put it together in week three. But right now, I just don't really know who Coach Barry is as a defensive coordinator. I think that that's my frustration is I, I don't know who he is now. Is this the week we get some personality out of his defense? I sure hope so uh, because I'll feel a lot better about going uh, into the season uh, or excuse me, going forward with the season. But if we don't, and it's still kind of this ho-hum defense, not really sure what we're going to be doing, what's the game plan. That's going to be a cause for concern because I think that's been my complaint with coach Pettit uh, the, the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And I think whatever this defense is, I don't know if they've taken on what that personality of Coach Beery is. Or have they? It's an interesting conundrum because um, we we haven't seen – they going back to Jair before the season, before week one, uh, he made some comments of, you know, about how aggressive they are going to be and, and, and that they, they're not taking prisoners. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. Um, I think he said something about, you know, their, their lines or something. I'm not sure, but so far they played more like kittens, <laughs> uh, so far this season, to be honest. So I would like to, where's the attitude? Where's, where's the aggressiveness? I think those are the aggressiveness is a really good word to use. Um, where's the chip on the shoulder? Uh, I, this defense, um, has seemed to be missing that. And that's the thing that I'm slightly disappointed by 
under uh, Coach Barry's new regime is I thought that would be uh, a little bit more of the character of this defense, yeah. improved or not. <laughs> I thought they would be uh, uh, you'd see a little bit more swag, a little bit more attitude. And so, I, so far, I haven't really seen that at all. So it will be interesting to see this week if, if that changes uh, at all as well. Um, Dane, let's get into then, I think, the final part of their segment here. Uh, X factors and, and score predictions. So, um, I, what do you, uh, I, I look for here for your X factors? Um, I'll, I'll let you decide whether you want to start with the offensive or defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I'll start with the offensive side of the ball and I'll go first this week. I think it's Randall Cobb. We saw him work in quite a bit more in week two. And I think that Randall Cobb could truly be an X factor against this 49ers defense. He, he at this stage of his career is kind of an X factor kind of guy. If he comes up with 60, 70 yards and can move the chains, that's, that's what we're looking for out of him. And I think that that's what he's able to do this week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be some massive game, but I think that he's going to have a nice conservative day, uh, but he's going to move the chains two, three times for this Packers offense. Packers are going to do enough to kind of keep the the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, he might not even be the um, leading receiver on his own team this week, but he's going to be a guy that's contributing. He's going to be a guy that 49er fans are like, dang it, Randall Cobb just got another first down. Are you kidding me? He's going to be one of those guys this week. I think we saw Rodgers start to feel more comfortable um, you know, and, and I think, you know, we're seeing Cobb get more snaps in the back end of week two. He was able to move the chains a little bit last week, expect that to continue. And, um, he's going to be that kind of weapon, I think, as the season progresses. But in week three, Randall Cobb, a really strong X factor. I'm not sure if he gets in the end zone or not, but, um, from a football, purely football perspective, he's going to be a guy that helps gut up this defense a little bit for the 49ers. And then that might actually help loosen up the run game as well. So I think Cobb might might be one of those guys that maybe is overlooked when the stats are all said and done, but he's an X factor this week if he's able to help convert some first downs. All right. I like that pick. Uh, I'm going to go with a, a little bit of a deeper cut. I was slightly torn here and I'll, I'll explain where I was torn, uh, but I'm going to go with Dominic Daphne. Got a ton of snaps last week. Wasn't targeted in the pass game at all, but I think this is a week where he is going to be on the field a ton. Or both to block in the run game, but I think the Packers are going to utilize him and play action, and he's going to sneak out there, make a couple big catches. Like you, I'm not sure if I'm predict that he's getting in the end zone, uh, but I do think that he will be a pleasant surprise this week and be involved in the pass game as well. Uh, so I'm going to, even if he's not, I think he can make a difference, as we saw last week, uh, as a run blocker on the edge, but I think he's going to be a sneaky part of the game plan, and and Aaron's going to look for him in a couple of key spots. So I like Dominique Daphne as a deeper X factor this week uh, to to make a couple catches and, and make his impact in the pass game uh, in some key moments. And I think uh, that's going to be something that uh, I'll, I'll be uh, hooting and hollering for if I see that out there on Sunday night. Uh, so defensively, uh, oh, before I say that, I was going to say A.J. Dillon is my other slight shout out, but I don't want to steal and have two X factors. I just feel <laughs> like he might be a little bit more involved this week as well. Uh, uh, but mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with my pick with Dominique Daphne. Um, so on the defensive side of the ball, Dane, uh, I think we talked about a few different areas where we really need to step up. Um, so it's it's tough. I'd like to pick, uh, you know, someone on the back end that comes up with a splash play, maybe a pick six or something. Um, 
it, I'm going to go with the guy that we've been talking about, been a little bit of a disappointment so far, might get fewer snaps. But um, if this is going to be a game that we tilt back into our advantage, I think I like Kingsley Kiki to be an X factor this week. Uh, if he can get out there in pass down situations and uh, be disruptive and make a difference, that is the definition of an X factor because coming from the interior of the defensive line, we haven't seen it at all uh, this year from anyone outside of uh, Kenny Clark, and he can't do it alone. So this is a big week for Kingsley Kiki uh, to get out there and prove that last year wasn't a fluke in some of those situations when he was able to get after the quarterback in passing situations. We are going to have a few opportunities this week. I'm going to stay optimistic with that. Uh, and if Kingsley Kiki is able to step up and turn things around and uh, make an impact coming up the middle in those situations, he has a real opportunity uh, to put this game back in the Packers' advantage on the defensive side of the ball. You you took my choice. I, I agree with Kingsley Kiki, but I fortunately also think Chris Barnes is an X factor this week. Lesser snaps than I think I had anticipated in week two. Going into week three, I think the Packers are going to be big uh, quite a bit uh, in their in their base defense. Chris Barnes is going to be out there and might be asked to do quite a bit of work. Uh, might be asked to stop the run. Might also be asked to be on Kittle at times. think he's got a very dynamic role in week three that the Packers are going to ask for him to do. They might also ask for him to blitz up the middle some and try to provide some pressure in addition to everything else. So I think that he's got a very dynamic role, very high on Chris Barnes, and think building off of a very good year one, would like to see him in year two take that next leap. And what better time to do it than on Sunday night football in front of this national audience? I think Chris Barnes can play, and I think that he's going to be able to make a real impact this week. He might be a bit of a tackle machine. Now the question is, can he shed blockers? Uh, is the defensive line going to be able to keep some of these guards from the second level and allow for Chris Barnes to get up there and make those tackles for two yards instead of four yards? Uh, that remains to be seen. But I think that Barnes is going to be able to shed off of some of these guards that are going to the second level. I think he's going to be able to make a real impact for the Packers. It might be not be splashy, but he's going to be one of those hard hat kind of guys that's just getting his job done this week. And I think that um, if we're going to have success against the 49ers in week three, uh, part of it is going to be because Chris Barnes is having a nice day, and I expect him to do that. All right. I like that pick as well. So, Dan, getting into the score predictions. I'm just going to go ahead and lead off. I'm feeling pretty pessimistic. This is a first for Lombardi's Legends. I'm not going to pick the Packers to win this week. Uh, I just don't think that this is a team that's catching the 49ers at a great time. Uh, we've got some injuries up front. Uh, we could potentially be without our two best offensive linemen. Uh, this is not a team that seems to be clicking on all cylinders so far this season. We, you know, look good in the second half against Detroit. I get it, but I, I wasn't terribly impressed, even with the the, the margin of victory. Um, to be honest, they they looked fine offensively. They looked pretty good, but um, this is a different animal uh, going out to San Francisco. That's been a house of horrors for us, not just two years ago, but, you know, going back 20, 25 years uh, or more, uh, that's been uh, going out to, to San Francisco has just been kind of a nightmare. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm kind of, and this isn't me being pessimistic about the whole season. 
this particular week, I just don't, I'm kind of in, I'm waiting till I see it mode with this Packer team. Uh, the vibes don't feel great, uh, to be honest, um, either side of the ball. I, I, I'm not sure what to expect yet. So um still cautiously optimistic that this is a team that can compete in the long run. Uh, and hopefully get things rolling, but I don't think we're there yet. I don't think this is a week that we see that. Um, so I, I'm going to just go ahead and predict the 49ers pull away in the second half, um, and win this one 31 to 20. Hope I'm wrong. And I apologize to break tradition, uh, against picking the Packers every week. Uh, but, uh, just realistically, I just don't see it. So I, I, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and call it like I see it this week. Well, Wags, I, uh, I, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss right now. Um, but I understand. I think it's, it's honest rationale, right? With where this Packers team is right now. Cause I tend to agree. I think that, um, you know, second half against a really poor Detroit Lions team, it shouldn't be something that we're going to hang our hat on. That being said, uh, I'm going to come at it from a, a more optimistic point of view. Um, I don't think the Packers offense is going to be what it was in the second half of last week, um, but I do think that we're going to find a way to to make this work. I think that um, Mason Crosby is going to have two or three field goals for this Packers team. Uh, we're not going to get down there and score touchdowns every time, but we're going to do enough. I think the defense is going to do enough to make uh, stop the run. It's going to be a fast game because the Niners are going to be running the ball. It's going to be a fast game because the Packers are going to be running the ball. Um, so uh, my my prediction here is a 23-21 Green Bay Packers win. Mason Crosby nails a field goal with a couple minutes left. Uh, hearts are beating because the Packers have to make one last stop against the 49ers. Packers somehow make the stop on fourth down. Packers win 23-21 on the road in San Fran. We keep the haters quiet for one more week, and then it's on to whoever the heck we play in week four. <laughs> you know what, Dane? You made me excited before the game even starts to be wrong. So uh, I, hope, I hope you're wrong. I legs. hope we're going. I do too. I hope we're going on Instagram live after the game, and you're just gloating about me being such a Debbie Downer and this Packer team going in and stealing a victory. So um, I, I couldn't hope more. That I'm wrong uh, mm. than than I am this week, uh, but we'll see it. Uh, they, I think they need to. They've got a lot to prove. I think uh, not only to yours truly, but uh, you know, Packer fans and and everyone else that follows the NFL for that matter. Um, I think there's some legit questions here, uh, and there's time to correct them. Um, and I hope I hope it happens this week, uh, but I'm not terribly optimistic that it happens just yet. So we'll see. Uh, but Dane. Uh, in any event, if you're right, I will be the first to be congratulating you on uh, <laughs> being, you. <laughs> being the optimistic one here on Lombardi's Legends for this week. Yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Lombardi's, at Lombardi's Legends. Uh, please follow us, like us, share us with your friends. Um, Wags, what else are we missing here? I don't think anything. Uh, as always, go Pack Go! Every go pack we go. go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.